the wrestling podcast about nothing is brought to you by bda radio bda radio doesn't break news they break the news with their wild commentary regarding mma and wrestling head on over to bdaradio.com and check out all of the latest news on the ufc bellator wwe and much more they are proud to be the voice of fans because they are fans themselves bdaradio.com I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dimension? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to episode 13 of the BDA Radio exclusive edition of the wrestling podcast about nothing on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. I am longtime pro wrestling referee Mike Crockett, and I'm joined, as always, by independent wrestling veteran, the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Hello. Hello, Michael. How are you doing? Just ducky, my friend. Just ducky. You're raring to go. Sure. I'm always up for bashing some Southern wrestling. Oh, Jesus. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I-, I am wearing, Brian, my curtain jerker. Wrestling podcast about nothing T-shirt this evening. Does it fit you? Is it a little snug? It's 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 uh, it's holding everything in. It's holding <laughs> everything in, and uh, I'm a little worried because you know the AC is not installed yet. Uh, we're recording on Tuesday night. It was a uh, scotcher today, as the kids in Boston say, and I might uh, soil this thing. Not not like soil it as in soil <laughs> it, but you know I might get a little uh, moist. Yeah, a little moist. <laughs> But uh, we'll we'll see we'll see how it goes here. We'll see how it goes. We're uh, braving the elements here on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Yes, uh, I'm holed up in my bedroom and uh, no AC on, and I'm just sitting here sweating. So here we let's go. Make this a quick one, huh? All right, we'll we'll do our best. Uh, want to give out uh, first thing. Want to give out our congratulations to our buddy. He's been on the podcast a number of times now. Warbeard Hansen, one half of War Machine. They are the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions for new japan pro wrestling a great thing brian don't you think yeah i pretty pretty amazing stuff to uh to see our old buddy uh doing that uh doing well out there in the in the big wide world isn't it it certainly is uh and i don't, I don't know i feel like uh we're even steven here because uh one of our pals is up and one of our pals is a little down uh Kofi Kingston, who we started with in Chaotic Wrestling and the Chaotic Training Center, he uh, suffered an ankle injury at the dastardly hands of the Revival last <laughs> Monday on Raw, Brian. And uh, he had surgery on Friday, last Friday. So uh, we want to send out uh, best wishes to our pal Kofi as he uh, recuperates here. Yes, yes. Well wishes. Uh, uh, yeah, that's it. I won't drop any names. <laughs> <laughs> you already did that episode. Wow. <laughs> the uh, restraint is, is 
is absolutely amazing on your. I'm trying to keep this one tight, Mike. You, okay. you, you yell at me for being long-winded. No, 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 no. That's what it's all about, Brian. Just chit-chatting. That's what it's all about. <laughs> uh, and speaking of uh, all the chit-chat on Monday, we had a lot of chit-chat about everything going on uh, coming out of wrestling's biggest week, uh, the Graps Grab Bag. Are you, are you on board with the kids now, Brian? You uh, using Graps in your everyday language? Nope. Nope. No? I still think it's dumb. Okay. Well, uh, we talked about it on Monday on the New Age Insiders Network. And if you missed that episode or any of our Monday podcasts, you can find us easily on, of course, as I just said, the New Age Insiders Network. All you have to do is search WPAN on your favorite podcast platform. You'll see this feed, of course, and also the NAI Network feed. So subscribe there, and you can start your week with our original WPAN podcast. And, of course, enjoy all the other great podcasts they have over there on the network. But as for this podcast, of course, well, coming up, we've got Merv Griffin time. That's where we get your thoughts and answer your questions, plus one more evil cackle will be immortalized in our heel laugh hall of fame but first up as always we discuss a different topic each week voted on by our listeners and followers at the wpan on twitter uh you know how it goes brian we do four topics uh the people vote and we go with what gets the most votes uh we had a number of different things this week well i mean a number four is the number. Uh, <laughs> what won in the end? So let's, let's keep this brief. What won in the end was the worst WCW gimmick, as you alluded to earlier on. It's uh, Southern Wrestling Talk this week on the Wrestling Podcast about nothing. I guess it's equal time because on episode three of the uh, BDA Bonus Podcast, we did the worst gimmicks of the early 90s, and it kind of turned into a... Uh, WWE, WWF bashing session uh, with, sure all of, with all of their terrible gimmicks over the years. So I guess uh, it's a matter of equal time, Brian. Now we go uh, south of the Mason-Dixon and we uh, bury WCW for it's so much the- more material. Well, I don't know about that, Brian. <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, but there are plenties, and we'll get into it here. Uh, speaking of gimmicks and of a terrible and uh, unsavory nature... As I mentioned, we were recording Tuesday, actually, before SmackDown, and I saw a video online of Daniel Bryan talking about uh, what's going on tonight on SmackDown Live. Of course, the big superstar shakeup is going on right now, (laughs) and I don't know if Daniel Bryan just doesn't care, because what's the worst I could do? Fire him so he can go and do what he loves, but uh, he talked about, he said he confirmed that James Ellsworth is sticking with SmackDown Live. And he referred to him as the big hog. (laughs) And he talked about something about something going on in his pants. So (laughs) I don't know if this is a new thing. I don't know if this is just something that uh, Daniel Bryan just came up with. But uh, apparently uh, Ellsworth is the big hog. Okay. So that make enough for a lack of chin. <laughs> I, I guess so, and that kind of you know what they say about guys with no chin. <laughs> I I don't, but now I do. Uh, so that kind of uh, takes us right into our topic at hand: worst WCW gimmicks. Of course, most of these are from the. I mean, all of mine are from the nineties. I mean, yours are the same thing. Um. Yes, I think. I don't think. I mean, that's one of my. I don't think one of mine crossed over into the two thousands. My, my, there's a possibility that one of mine did, but uh. But yeah, I mean, predominantly the nineties. It's you know. 
I mean, WCW barely survived past the 90s, so. <laughs> right, right. The 90s was kind of the wheelhouse. I mean, they were bought by Turner in like 89, I believe. So, I mean, it's, yeah, the 90s is basically the entire WCW uh, the run. The company but, that, rose, that rose so quickly and sank so fast. Oh, my goodness. I hope Mike Mills isn't listening this week. Well, I mean, WCW is like, I don't know. And maybe Mike Mills can chime in on it. Is WCW, like, is that? I don't know. Is that is that truly considered Southern wrestling? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I guess it was more of a national thing at that point. Yeah, when Hulk Hogan came on board, I think they tried to, they desperately tried to get away from that, and when, especially when uh, you know Bischoff took the helm. Yeah, when I think Southern wrestling, I think like '80s territories, that sort of, uh, right. sort of thing. Although I will. Uh, to support my arguments, lump in anything WCW did. So they, yeah, exactly. <laughs> when it's convenient for me, <laughs> exactly. that won't stop us from absolutely trashing everything uh, that's going on with these uh, WCW gimmicks. What do you got uh, leading up to your big number one pick? What do you have? Some bad WCW gimmicks over the years? Yeah, I mean, I mean, just some of the ones off the top of my head. I mean, PN News. Do you remember this guy? The Rap Master. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Was was Mike Awesome as that '70s guy? Was that in the 2000s? Because that was pretty, uh, pretty horrendous as well. Would you prefer that over the Fat Chick Thrilla? <laughs> <laughs> well, at one time, Mike, was that not your nickname at one point? No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Let's not go there. If I can um, edit it out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure those were done at the same time or if he went from the 70s guy to... Uh, let's get away from that. Anything else, Brian? <laughs> well, I'll give you one more before I get to my tops, and that's Glacier. Uh, do you remember the build-up for Glacier? Do I? <laughs> it's like nine months. Yeah, weeks and weeks and months and months and months of build-up and stealing, blatantly stealing a Mortal Kombat video game character and... Uh, it died a rather quick and horrendous de- death because it was god-awful. He made it snow, though, Brian. Yeah, yes, he sure did. And he had sweet contacts in. <laughs> he certainly did. And uh... Recently really recently performed as part of the clusterfuck on Joey Janela's spring break down at Mania Weekend. You find that on Flow Slam. <laughs> yes. A little but, free uh... advertising there. Yeah, my number one though, Mike, Uh, and and partially it is uh, one because of the horrendous nature, uh, two because of the level of talent that uh, I guess maybe talent might some people might argue with with talent, but uh, the caliber of superstar uh, that this guy ultimately became in the wrestling business, uh, and that is Oz, Kevin Nash's uh, ill-fated. WCW character where he came out in a old man mask with a green <laughs> cape and it was supposed to be some sort of takeoff of the Wizard of Oz. Right, but he's just uh, he, he's named for the city of Oz, yeah. So just Oz. So here you are, WCW at its finest, awful gimmick, and then taking a guy who, uh, I mean, not too terribly long after this, was doing big things with WWE, right? I mean, we're talking a matter of a year or two. Uh, yeah, a couple, I think, because he went to Vinny Vegas after that, I think. Uh, he was a master blaster maybe before Oz. I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, he was Vinny Vegas for a little while, and then he went over to be Diesel. Isn't it amazing? It just speaks to the to the level of what goes on, what's going on in WCW, that Vinny Vegas isn't the worst uh, gimmick that they saddled Kevin Nash with. I mean, here you got this seven-foot guy, uh, good-looking dude, great shape, obviously charisma coming out of his ears, and uh, 
No, we'll make him a we'll make him a seven foot character from the Wizard of Oz movie. Uh, you know, WCW at its absolute finest. The most, if I can borrow a word from Tarzan Taylor, the most whimsical part <laughs> of the whole thing. <laughs> Very whimsical. <laughs> was, as you mentioned, the old man mask yeah. and with, with the, the the cone, you know, like wizard hat on top. Is why why is he an old man? And then he takes that mask off, and he's like, you know, a younger guy. It just really didn't. Uh, yeah, I think I think I read something that it was supposed to be like Turner Home Entertainment got the rights to the Wizard of Oz movie. I, so I was just going to ask that because TNT shows the Wizard of Oz quite a bit, and they have for years. And I and I was literally just about to say, I wonder if it had something to do with like some sort of cross promotional thing because Turner had the rights to, which they do have the rights to broadcast the Wizard of Oz. So you wonder if it's you know some sort of crossover type thing, but. I don't know. Find some find some jamoke to put to put it on. Why do you saddle? Um, just based on size and look alone, you would have to think somebody must have saw Kevin Nash and thought maybe this dude is a main event, you know, sort of caliber guy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, six ten. It's like, yeah, it's there's not a lot of upside to being the uh, guy in the old man mask. <laughs> yes. But you know who was watching it? Shawn Michaels. And he thought, uh, hey, that guy could be something. Just like when they saw Terrorizing, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, if anyone knows for sure about the whole Oz story, tweet us at the WPAN and uh, let us know. As for me, when it comes to bad WCW gimmicks, well, there's just a cornucopia, Brian. There's just, uh, <laughs> there's just so many of them. Uh, how about the Leprechaun? Who uh, he was also known as Braun the Leprechaun. He was the former. I don't remember this at all. He was the former Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker, and he was part of the Dungeon of Doom. And his whole thing was he ran around really fast and he bit people. Okay. <laughs> he's a smaller fella, and he ran around. He had like the you know the whole green getup and uh, red hair, and he would just bite people a lot. <laughs> that was the gimmick. And speaking of one note gimmicks. How about the dog? The, the dog? Are you aware of the dog? <laughs> you're, you're bringing up ones that I, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> well, I mean, you think back, the junkyard dog, I'm uh, speaking Mike Mills language here, but uh, the junkyard dog was the early 80s, the mid 80s. He went to WWF and stuff like that. And he was just a guy, you know, but he had a dog collar around his neck and just walking around with a dog collar. The dog, some 15 years later, I believe this was actually in the year 2000, he came out with a dog collar, and one of the videos I saw when I was just watching earlier, a referee holding him back, trying to control him with the dog chain. It's like <laughs> 15 years later, the, the junkyard dog comes out. Hey, yeah, that's my name. I, they call me the junkyard dog, but you know, I'll, I'll put the little the collar on for you and kind of you know, do the song and dance. But the dog in the year 2000, this man was breeded with a Rottweiler, apparently, or something like that. <laughs> and just comes out you know, like a, a raging mad dog foaming at the mouth with a referee holding him on a chain or he would you know, attack the fans. Uh, just a really backwards gimmick for the time. And uh, the dog, pretty forgettable, as evident by the fact that you don't remember him. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't remember either of these so far. Let me mention the shark also, just quickly. John Tenta. Um, he was uh, the former Earthquake. He came into WCW. He was saddled as the Avalanche 
because he has to be some sort of natural disaster if he was uh, <laughs> switching teams and going with WCW. And uh, then he became the shark. And uh, famously, he did the promo where he said, uh, I'm not a fish after he uh, you know, threw down the gimmick. And you know, a shark is a mammal, as we all know, Brian. <laughs> and Brian, I am really disappointed in you. How could you forget the king of the bad Dungeon of Doom gimmicks? We've kind of run through the entire gamut of terrible Dungeon of Doom gimmicks. What about, how did you leave off the Yeti? Well, I, w- I had to leave something for you. Oh, well, thank you very much. Thank you. That isn't even my pick, Brian. That isn't my pick. I'm still dealing in honorable mentions here. Still building up? <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm building slowly, but surely. I'm building up to the big payoff. Uh, the Yeti, as Tony Schiavone called him. Uh, of course, this has been something that... Uh, People have talked about time and time again how he's a Yeti, which is a Sasquatch at Bigfoot, but he comes out dressed like a mummy. Yeah, that was a funny thing. He was a Yeti, but he was a friggin' mummy. Yeah. Uh, no one knows what the hell is going on with that. Um, <laughs> do you think, do you, uh, like, I feel like somebody was legitimately confused and maybe thought, like, it was the same thing. Like, I, it has to be, right? Or they couldn't get fur or something. Just scrapping <laughs> toilet paper? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I, I don't know. It's. Completely ridiculous. Go back and take a look at that if you uh, want to see the Yeti. But Brian, for my pick as the worst WCW gimmick, I'm cheating here. I'm going to say for my worst WCW gimmick, every gimmick they ever gave Brutus Beefcake. (laughs) Let's run it down, Brian. Brutus Beefcake came over from WCW when uh, Hulk Hogan did, of course, and he came in as Brother Brutai. Of course, he couldn't use the Brutus Beefcake name or the barber. So he was Brother Brutai. And and from there, there are things on Wikipedia saying he was once called the Clip Master. (laughs) All right. I can't find any evidence uh, in video form on YouTube or anything like that that uh, he was the Clip Master. Uh, Apparently, you know, going back to the Bruce the Barber thing. But... It's on there on Wikipedia, and of course, you know, Wikipedia is 100% fact. They check, recheck, and check again. They're facts. So the Clipmaster, it has to have existed, even though I can't find it. From there, he was the butcher of the famed Dungeon of Doom, the, uh, the fountain of bad gimmick uh, abundance that the Dungeon of Doom was. They gave us the butcher, and they also gave us the Zodiac, another one of Briefcake's gimmicks. Yes, who could forget the Zodiac? Yes, all these, the the Zodiac gimmick, uh, he just said yes, no, yes, no. And he (laughs) contradicted himself. That was the gimmick. How about uh, another one of his babyface gimmicks? The Booty Man. (laughs) With the booty babe? Yes, and that that, that was the highlight of the uh, package uh, on my end too, Brian. I, I, I bet it was the highlight of your package. <laughs> <laughs> My package was all lit up for that. Uh, <laughs> but the booty man, the thing about the booty man, Brian, is that his finish was the high knee. The high knee? <laughs> the high knee. You oh, get it? I get it, Mike. Oh, my God. Also, the disciple, of course, when he was a disciple of the NWO and then became a disciple of the Warrior once he moved to WCW. And at one point, they just gave up completely, and he was known as the man with no name. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> I don't remember that. I don't remember the man with no name. 
Well, yes, Kingpin, it is true. I did see this. I found video evidence, unlike with the Clipmaster. He was, for a brief period, when he left the Dungeon of Doom, uh, he was feuding with Kevin Sullivan. He was, in fact, the man with no name. Good stuff. Sounds very WCW. <laughs> it was, yeah. Uh, so that is my pick. Every gimmick they ever gave, Ed Leslie, also known as Bruce the Barber Cake, also known as... The man with no name, the butcher, the Zodiac, the booty man, the clip master, the disciple, brother Brutai. Yes, yes, yes. Bad WCW gimmicks. So many of them. And we want to hear what you guys think out there. Give us your worst WCW gimmick. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter. Go to Facebook.com slash the WPAN and add your comment underneath the, uh, the link to this podcast. Let us know your pick for the worst wcw gimmick all right brian it is merv griffin time named for your favorite episode of our favorite show seinfeld we talked about the curtain jerker t-shirt you only have a couple more days ladies and gentlemen to get your voicemail in call 401-584-9726 that is 401-584-WPAN just leave us a question leave us a rant an insult a song a funny story anything you think that we'd love and you can win the free curtain jerkers WPAN t-shirt you only have a couple more days get it in by Friday night so we can play it Monday morning on the New Age Insiders Network Edition of the podcast. All right, the way to participate here on Merv Griffin Time is using our hashtag on Twitter, hashtag WPAN. Okay, Brian. TK, the executive producer at THOG94, he says, I fully agree with and support the assessment of Pitbull at WrestleMania <laughs> by Brian Malonis. I don't even remember what I said. I'm sure I buried him, though. <laughs> I, I, th- I think it was something like, do we need this with the seven-hour show? Yeah. I, well, yeah, I agree. Him and Flo Rida. And uh, what was his name? Lunchbox Lewis? Lunchmeat Lewis, yes. Lunchmeat Lewis. <laughs> I think that was his name. Anyway, uh, no. at Big Dog Racing on Twitter. That's two G's in big, two G's in dog. He says, did you notice the WWE Hall of Famers who referenced Ric Flair and Dusty? Hashtag BTT Army. <laughs> yes, we uh, we think we talked about this on Monday. Or Shocking that a bunch of guys who predominantly spent their careers in WCW in the South would mention would mention two guys they worked with strange right it is it is let it go let it go fellas it's 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 very strange it's speaking who are they trying to convince more at this point themselves or me (laughs) all right Brian. speaking scoreboard mike scoreboard speaking of the btt army here is the general of the btt army mike mills at mike 504 saints on twitter he says in case you're wondering Total Divas lacked any real emotional investment last night. I give the show a <laughs> C-plus rating at best. Total Divas is back, and Mike Mills says his wife forces him to watch it, quote-unquote. I'm doing the air quotes. I'm the last person on earth that does air quotes, but I'm doing them right now. Yeah, he said he had to watch uh, 45 minutes of that horse shit and put my Mid-South binge on hold. <laughs> And, of course, Mike Mills uh, is in hog heaven because they put a bunch of Mid-South Wrestling, a whole year of Mid-South Wrestling on the WWE Network, and he refuses to thank Triple H for that fact. (laughs) I asked him multiple times, are you going to thank Triple H? He went and thanked the WWE Network account on Twitter. I said, what are you going with the entity for? Thank the man. (laughs) 
<laughs> Just ungrateful. Very ungrateful. He certainly is. Randall Keogh, at Randall Keogh on Twitter. That's K-E-O-U-G-H. Uh, he says, Cena reigns. The crowd wouldn't know who to boo. I'd count Croc Sox not knowing the Vaudevillains fight as a dirt sheet shuffle loss. I agree. I think that should be that should be a big W for me. That is, uh, no, I, I, I think not. <laughs> and uh, Cena Reigns, you mentioned this past Monday. You'd love to see uh, John Cena come to Raw. It didn't happen. I want it so bad. I want, I want Cena versus Reigns. That could be uh, that could be electric. That could be electric in the build. That could be uh, Rock Hogan all over again, Brian. Uh, again, I think I think the the Cena stuff has become almost tongue in cheek at this point with the audience. It's like a playful thing with the audience, where the rain stuff is is pretty venomous at this point. Yeah, I think Cena would be the Hulk Hogan in that in that Hogan Rock scenario. <laughs> um, Lionheart, that's H uh, A R T. He is at Wrestling for Legends. He says, I think John Cena will start being like Brock Lesnar uh, and come in periodically, and The Miz is being given a big push. He beats Randy for the title. Of course, The Miz actually did end up going to Raw on Monday night, and he thinks John Cena will be, uh, be like a Brock Lesnar and not be around as much as he used to be. Boy, they're going to milk that impersonation thing of him doing Cena and uh, her doing Nikki Bella for all it's worth, huh? Why not? Good gravy. Well, you don't, oh, you don't like God. it? You done with it? I thought it was funny the first four times they did it. <laughs> oh, Brian, you're so negative. I'm not negative. I'm, I'm, starting, I'm starting to see what Mike Mills is talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chad Alden. Here's a name that we uh, know well. At Chad Alden on Twitter, he is from the Man Walks Into an Armbar podcast, our sister podcast on the uh, BDA radio network, let's say. He says, hey, at the WPAN. What's black and white and red all over? A newspaper. Okay. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, uh, I, I don't think this is indicative of what uh, Chad's doing over there on a man walks at a non-bar. Make sure to check that out. They have their own feed. Check them out on all the places you get your podcasts. If you love MMA, you're really going to like a man walks at a non-bar. John Morse. My good friend, my best friend, Brian. Your your best friend. You've never even met the guy. I hang out with him almost like on a uh, monthly basis now. Well, I I, I'm uh, I was there in spirit, Brian. At J O N S U P R M N, he says, "Great episode, guys. Guess I'll have to come up with a great voicemail to get Brian Malonis on my side. I already got Croc socks. Hey, he he already yeah he's got a leg up now. He bought a new Brian Malonis T-shirt, so." uh you know, oh, no. that's got to count for something. It, it shouldn't, Brian. You should be uh, completely unbiased when it comes to this. Why? Just you like the I was last time. No, 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 Brian. No way. No way, Jose. Well, John, you got just a couple days left to get your voicemail in uh, before we wrap up the contest for Monday's uh, episode on the NAI that's Network. If your credit card doesn't bounce when you go to order. Oh, my goodness. And <laughs> speaking of the NAI Network, DC Matthews. He is at DC Matthews NAI. He says, I want to know if Kingpin would ever wear a nippleless tank top like Tank Abbott did when he was with Three Count. What a strange question. <laughs> You're not going to answer it? <laughs> of course I wouldn't. That's ridiculous. Why not? <laughs> because, Michael, I'm not, I'm not doing that. That's silly. I'm a serious wrestler. Oh, my. I do, I do things like, uh, like uh, give 110-pound woman my finisher for no reason whatsoever. 
Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> At Brandon Mack, NAI, uh, he also says, like the Kingpin, I really want to see Cena versus Reigns feud. And finally, Glenn Abbott, our friend at GA WrestleNut, he says, I agree with Brian. There is definitely a vacuum in the talent post-Attitude Era up to the first NXT call-ups. And what did you respond? <laughs> I said, yes, also known as the Johnny Ace years. <laughs> yeah, I want to I get into this just a little bit, Brian. Of course, we all heard the thing. We talked about it, I think, with Jamie Jamikowski, the edict that came from uh, on high, 6-2-240, I think, were the, uh, were the measurements that they needed to even get a, a, a sniff from the WWE office in those days. It might have even been before the Johnny Ace days that that was the edict. I think, I mean, he was kind of, Johnny Ace was operating under the same rules as Jim Ross when he was the head of talent relations. But I think JR would, like, fight for guys that weren't, in that ballpark, like a Mick Foley, he would put his ass on the line to get someone like him hired because he was a talented guy. I don't know if, uh, I mean, I don't know, obviously, Johnny Ace's personally and his relationship with uh, the office or anything like that. It didn't seem like Johnny Ace was putting his neck out there for, for many people over the years. What do you think? Um, I thoroughly enjoy, what, I, what do I think? I thoroughly enjoy Bruce Prichard's impersonation of Johnny Ace on his <laughs> podcast. <laughs> How's it going? Yeah, I, I, can't, I can't do it. Um, <laughs> I've told the John Laurinaitis story on here with, with me. I was too tall to play Santa Claus, so... Yeah, I, I think the proof is in the pudding, man. I mean, I don't I don't. I, I think, I mean, I think he was even gone by the time, certainly by the time I think Roman Reigns came in, probably by the time... Seth Rollins and and Dean Ambrose did right. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I mean, I think the proof is kind of in the pudding there. Uh, all the other guys you kind of think of the the Cena's Orton, Brock Lesnar. Um, yeah, who am I missing from kind of that era? Mike, help me out here. But the, I mean, those guys were all Jim Ross guys. Batista, you know, uh, those guys were. Um, were Jim Ross guys, and then the, like the, a lot of the main eventers now are, you know, since the kind of switchover has happened, and there's like this big gap, of, right? Uh, six or eight years where it just it felt like no new main event level talent was produced. And what do you know? That's the period of time where uh, you know guys like yourself and you know the Kellogg Training Center was uh, coming into its own, and. Uh, that was the time period of time where a lot of our guys were going around TV and just uh, not getting any traction. Not getting, I'm not saying that a guy like Vince Vicala would be in the main event of WrestleMania now, but I mean there are certainly a number of guys like John Walters, who uh, was in ROH, later became R.J. Brewer. He really kind of uh, blossomed in terms of his promos and stuff like that with that gimmick. Who knows? He could have done that in the WWE system. Well, let's we'll we'll use we'll use somebody right now who uh, is a good friend of ours and and just uh, just made international waves. Um, I think it could be. Um, I I think I think without argument and without hesitation, uh, we can say that Warbeard Hansen is one of the best wrestlers in the world. Right. Certainly the best wrestler I've ever stepped in the ring with, and I'd argue the best guy to come out of this area in the last ten or fifteen years. And they they never they 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 would kind of be interested, but then tell him he was always his body always wasn't quite where it needed to be, no matter how thin he got and uh, all the transformations he went through over the years. 
and you're telling me that guy wasn't good enough to get a shot? <laughs> I mean, yeah. Come on, give me a freaking break. Look at what he's doing now. Um, he's one of the best professional wrestlers in the world. And I don't just say that because um, he's one of my best friends. I, I, I'm not saying that about everybody who I consider a best friend. You know what I mean? Right. He, I mean, he's got a ch- yeah, one of my best friends. He's got a championship on the second biggest company in the world right now. Yeah, and um, again, just proves you know kind of that era. I think he is a guy you look at at that era uh, uh, of that's why when you when you have the complete cookie cutter thing you're looking for and you won't step outside the box, he's exactly why that doesn't work. You know, Todd Warbeard is exact that's exactly why that 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 you know BS doesn't doesn't freaking work cuz look at him now. Uh, and I feel like he's probably just scratching the surface. And but I don't think I mean we can't put this all on Johnny Ace. He was he was operating by the book that was basically he's working under the system that Vince McMahon kind of uh, gave him. These are the rules, 6-2-240. That's what you're doing. That's what you're presuming. <laughs> I mean... Well, I mean, that's... Yeah, that's what Kevin I'm, Owens, we're coming... I mean, um, the guy in charge now, what's his name? Canyon, you know, and then and you got Triple H who's doing things, but I mean, somebody had to fight for Kevin Owens if that's the Vince McMahon edict. Right, I'm right? saying, I'm saying. I mean, obviously, now these days you got the cruiserweights, you got guys like Kevin Owens and stuff like that. Obviously, that that has been loosened. Do you think that's a philosophical change in Vince McMahon, or do you think somebody's doing a better job of presenting the information? I think it's uh, partially that, partially Triple H's influence. I'll go back to Jim Ross. There was some some different sort of looking guys that came in and were successful. Yeah, like, like I said, I think you he, need, need somebody. Yeah, but I mean, I think I think you absolutely hold the guy who's in charge responsible for that. I mean, you got to put your ass out on the line once in a while. If you, if you, I mean, just you know, from normal everyday kind of job stuff, once in a while you got to put your ass on the line and take a risk and fight for something, even if not everybody else believes in it. Yeah, you're, you're right. At the end of the day, I, I mean, I kind of I kind of made the point myself earlier, but uh, it just seems like he was. Yeah, he was wasn't really willing to stick his neck out for anybody or. He didn't bother to look for and these, these are all presumptions, gems. by the way. These are all, you know, we're these are all assumptions. We don't know. True. Well, I mean, I got a pretty from a guy who was trying to make it. I mean, I got a fairly good feeling of of what was needed, and and you know, we can get into it sometime. You know, and more in depth about my experiences and my interactions with them over the years, and the feelings I had coming out of it. And um, but even when I had gotten to different points. Um, you know, in my career, I never felt it was good enough, and they let me know it wasn't good enough. So, <laughs> right. All right. Yeah, we can talk about this more a little bit. It's a very interesting discussion to have. Yeah, uh, maybe maybe, maybe this is something we go into sometime. Like, hey, if you want to hear more about it, let us know. Uh, uh, I mean, we've kind of talked about TV experiences, but never quite the experience of what it's like to um, try to get signed to be get on the yeah. radar. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know. Hey, if you want to hear more about it, folks, let us know. Yeah, at the WPAN on Twitter. Uh, and thank you, everyone else who is a part of Merv Griffin Time this week. We look forward to talking to you on Twitter, and we will bring you the best of it next week on the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing on BDARadio.com. Yes, please interact with us on Twitter. Use the hashtag WPAN. All right. Book of the territory, Brian. 
booking the territory. They do two podcasts a week. They do one on Sunday nights. It's all about Smoky Mountain Wrestling, Jim Cornette's promotion from the early 90s. And then on Thursday, they do their original show where they're also talking about World Championship Wrestling, the old Saturday 605 show. So they do two podcasts a week on the same feed. Just look up Booking the Territory wherever you get your podcasts. Or you can go to mikemills.podbean.com. They got some uh, great benefits there if you want to become a patron of the podcast. And we, uh, of course, recommend that. Or I recommend it anyway, Brian. I don't know about you. Uh, check in the boots. There are other friends over there. Referee Tony S., Chip K. Fabe, they're doing three podcasts this week. They're trying to make us look bad. <laughs> they did one on Saturday about More Than Mania. They did one Sunday about WrestleMania itself. And they're doing an Undertaker retrospective sometime during this week. So make sure you uh, keep your eye on the Check in the Boots feed on your favorite podcatcher and uh, check in with them all week long. Jeez, Mike, on the build-up to WrestleMania there, you had me doing like five podcasts a week. So. <laughs> you always get a one-up. You always get a one-up, don't you? Jesus, you had me. I feel like you had me booked every night of the week doing some sort of guest spot, and then you refused to do them alone. I relish any opportunity to be with you, Brian. <laughs> All right, the Hurricane Rana. Uh, they do Facebook Live every Wednesday night. Make sure to check that out. Like the Hurricane Rana Wrestling Podcast on Facebook. Like 59 Media on Facebook. That is the word 50, the number nine media on Facebook. And you can see all the great podcasts going on over there on uh, Eric Talley's network, especially the Hurricane Rana. So from there, Brian, let's talk about some controversy coming out of last week's induction, Brian. Uh, Randall Keough, our good friend, always uh, interacts with us on Twitter. We thank you very much for all your support, Randall. He said, if the laugh doesn't come out of his mouth, can he be in the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame? There's a question I posed. Yes, last week it was the Shockmaster who, I mean, on a technicality, he was apparently supposed to be a babyface, but he... Uh, did a distinctly heel laugh at the end there, a ridiculously terrible laugh. Uh, let, let's hear that. Yes. That was a heel laugh. And uh, I'm of the opinion that uh, it is the Shockmaster. It is not Ole Anderson. He says, Randall Keough says, Ole Anderson should be the entrant in the Hall of Fame. I'm with the opinion, the man on screen is the Shockmaster. I think the Shockmaster is the Heel Laugh Hall of Famer. You you still stick with the, you think Ole Anderson? I, well, I was asking the question. I mean, I think maybe maybe you're robbing Ole Anderson of his rightful place in history, Mike. Anyway, uh, on this BDA bonus podcast, Brian, we have made the effort, of course, to establish a very unique, very exclusive Hall of Fame. In life, as in wrestling, the number one way to tell people you're up to no good is through laughter. Now I hearken back to the immortal words of our friend Tarzan Taylor. All it takes is that one over-exaggerated guffaw to let everyone know you're pure evil. So, with that said, I am humbly submitting this week's inductee to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing's Heel Laugh Hall of Fame. Big boss man, you know, I really admire you. You're a lot like me. You don't lie. You don't cheat. You don't steal from nobody. And I like that. That's just like me. But, you know, a lot of people think I enjoy going out repossessing cars from poor people, repossessing homes. Do you think I like that? You're right. I love it. <laughs> and now I'm going to repossess you. 
Speaking of bad gimmicks, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> one <laughs> the of the worst. <laughs> one and only Repo Man. How do you repossess a person, Brian? I don't know. I was going to ask you the same thing. He's going to repossess the boss man. Is it something like the an Undertaker kind of thing? You uh, you know, take his soul? Oh, okay. But wouldn't you have to possess him first so then you can repossess him? Yeah. You, wow. This is like <laughs> a philosophical uh, argument that... Your mind was I'm not just blown. Yes, I'm not prepared for this. Uh, <laughs> so he's taking souls and digging holes? Oh, boy. They're going with this again, huh? <laughs> right. Uh, well, the Repo Man, I think a deserving member of the Heal Laugh Hall of Fame. Now, is this, the, now, this is another gray area, Mike, because here's a guy who's had a couple of... Uh, uh, you know, a couple of characters. Does this disqualify any other characters he's had uh, from entering the Heel Laugh Hall of Fame, or is it just the Repo Man? Of course not. No, each each uh, each personality is its own entity. Okay, okay. That's the way I'm doing this thing. All right. I like it. I'm right there with you. There you go. To check out this Hall of Fame inductee in all his glory, find the link to the video in the description of this episode, or go to the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing page on BDARadio.com. All right, Brian, you're packing your bags, about to hit those highways and those byways this weekend, doing that pro wrestling gimmick. One more time, where are you headed? Are you headed anywhere this weekend? I forget. Yes. Well, last night, because this drops on Thursday, yes. I even know we're recording on Tuesday, Wednesday night, I, I wrestled uh, chaotic wrestling. But uh, Friday night, I'm heading to Old Orchard Beach, Maine for North Atlantic Wrestling up at Jimmy the Greeks. I'll be wrestling uh, for the North Atlantic Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against Blade Bandit himself. Yes, the Blade Bandit. Because uh, you demanded to go for the championship. <laughs> Well, yeah, I take I take less pay if they're gonna if they're gonna be make me the champion. So <laughs> makes That's sense not to true. me. It's not true at all. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I will be heading to uh, up to Old Orchard Beach, Mike. So check out uh, North Atlantic Wrestling. I think it's actually North Atlantic Wrestling Camp on Facebook for all the details. And that's at Jimmy the Greeks in Old Orchard Beach. So hey, if anybody wants to take a ride with me too, I don't want to ride alone. So uh, you know, <laughs> wow. Gets lonely up there in Maine, doesn't it? <laughs> That's why they find relatives. Oh boy. Oh. Okay, let's. Sorry, always, uh, gotta, folks. always gotta go somewhere, filthy, huh? <laughs> sorry to our folks listening in Maine. Uh, to book the kingpin, <laughs> big let's bad Harmon is not going to be happy. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Email Brian Malonis at Comcast.net or DM him on Twitter at Brian Malonis. Yes, I apologize to the uh, main event podcast, our good friends. Uh, for more on the wrestling podcast about nothing, head over to your home for MMA and wrestling talk, bdaradio.com. All right, we're done for now, Kingpin. We're done, finally. Yay. Now you can get out of uh, your sweaty gear and, uh, you know, <laughs> do what you do. Oh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> All right. We'll be back next Monday with episode 52 of the wrestling podcast about nothing on the New Age Insiders Network. So check that out. Then catch us back here for the next edition of the WPAN on BDARadio.com and the podcast radio network. Until then, he is the Kingpin Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mucko. And thanks for nothing. <laughs>